back to the Win Big Podcast. I'm Stephen, as always, joined with Tyler and Zane. Today we have with us Albert Nahara, assistant baseball coach, Eastfield College. What's going on, sir? Nothing much. How are you? Oh, can't complain. Good to see you guys. It's been forever, man. It's been a while, It has man. been a while. It's been a few months since I've seen you. I haven't seen you in forever, dude. Man, I tell you, baseball seven days a week, I'll never complain, but it does. It's, it, takes, it takes a lot. It takes a lot, but... I love it. Yeah, I've been doing this for twenty, thirty something years now. I mean, for the most part, you think to count the years that we were doing this as players. Yeah, you know, playing every weekend and got into coaching. Yeah, you know, forty-four so. years then. Yeah, started playing at four. Yeah, so you're then, a lifer now. And then coaching. <laughs> now this is my thirty-first year of coaching. Dang it, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going on twenty something. I like no idea. I started coaching in 06. Whatever the oh, math crap, that math. is. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to have to do math. No, on this I, show. I don't know what that. <laughs> we don't. We don't. Well, just whatever that is for whoever can do math quickly. <laughs> well, hey, I'm glad you come on with us. I appreciate it. I know that uh, um, I've been wanting to get you on. I'm glad you have a little bit of downtime before y'all head out to get on and, and, and talk a little bit. But hey, I know y'all had a great season at Eastfield. What, 44 and 10? What, what did I see the other Goodness, day? Goodness, what did it end up? I think it did 40, 40 something, 45. 10 and 1 or something. I don't know. Yeah, something like that, man. It's It's been unbelievable. I know from the beginning of the year, you know, one thing I asked Coach Martin is, I said, what's the best, what's the best season you ever had? And, you know, Coach Martin can't give you a straight answer. He's no. like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> do you mean how many wins? How many losses? How far did we go? Which are all valid points. Yeah. But – for me, I said, you know, I said, well, because you had COVID and all that other stuff mm-hmm. involved. I said, what's the lowest amount of games, least amount of games you've ever lost? And he would have given me the same answer to any question I asked him. He goes, man, I don't even know. Yeah. Because he doesn't. No. You know, he, he doesn't keep up with stats mm-hmm. and stuff like that. He's he's into the moment type of guy. Yeah. And, man, I love him. He's a great guy. And, you know, one thing that, that our conversation was when – we were talking about me coming to Eastfield was I told him, I said, whatever I do, I want to be able to make your job easier, mm-hmm. whatever it is, whatever it is. I don't care. I want to be able to make your job easier to where you can get out of the season, what we need to get. And for me at the end of the year, I want us to be able to put a ring on our finger. Mm-hmm. And that's been my ultimate goal from day one. And man, we've got, we've got a great group of guys. We really do. We're, we're talent. We're deep. Deep mm-hmm. in pitching, deep in hitting, speed, offense, I mean, uh, defense, everything. We actually have guys on our bench that could probably go start for any team in our conference. Mm-hmm. I know one game um, we put our, our backup guys in, so to speak, and Coach Martin said, you know, I, I think this team here could probably win third or fourth <laughs> just by themselves yeah. alone, could probably do that. And he's right. He's yeah. right. I mean, we, we have some quality players on our team, and – they bought in from day one. They knew who, what our goal was and what we wanted to do. And then when it started turning out the way it was, where we're just – man, we're running through guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, through teams. We're we're run-ruling teams, and we're winning series, and we're sweeping series. I think we probably swept at least six series this year. And, and people don't understand in college, when you get them three-game sets, how big of a difference 3-0 and and 2-1 and one is. Oh, people don't understand that. Do you yeah. sweep somebody – you put them in a bind, two and one, they're still okay. Like that, that, that one game, people don't understand how how beneficial that is. Yeah. 
sweeping somebody. It's crazy. Yeah, and we talk about it. You know, we talk. He's like, you know, hey, we did this kind of last year. We had really good at the beginning, then kind of fell off a little bit. And fortunately for us, we haven't fallen off. Hmm. Now, the the toughest team. No, there's a couple of good teams. There, well, there's there's good teams in our conference, but Richland gave us the biggest headache. They got hmm. a lot of talent over yeah. there. Those guys are really good. Matter of fact, the first series, they beat us two out of three. Then the second series, we beat them two out of three, which was crazy. We played them six games, and the home team won every game. <laughs> that is crazy. So then we play them in, in regionals, and we beat them the first game and put them in the loser's bracket, which helped us out a whole lot. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, because it made it to where we really only had to play three, four games. Uh, but we played them in the championship, which in the championship, there's no run rule. Mm-hmm. You have to play straight nine. And I think that first game they beat us, I think it was 18 to 14, mm. which was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, balls are just flying out of the yard. Mm-hmm. But luckily, uh, we had that if game. Yeah. We had to play. And like I said, we're stacked pitching wise. We had, we still probably had four or five guys that didn't even throw. Yeah. That could have yeah. and would have, would have been able to help us win. But. Luckily, we didn't have to have to use those guys. We had a guy come in that was an All-American last year that pitched for us and pitched his butt off. Did mm-hmm. a great job. I think he went six or seven innings, and we ended up beating him. Man, I think it was 15-4 to four mm-hmm. to, win, to win the region. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah that's a that's – you know, playing for Coach Martin back in the day, he, he's, he's all business, he's all in the moment, and he, he, doesn't, he doesn't worry about – he worries about the then and now – you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He 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 doesn't. He just want to. He doesn't care about the record. He doesn't care about the stats. He just in the moment type guy. Great guy, but that's also why he's had success for a long time. Yeah. You know, he has. He's been there long enough where his culture's in place. The dudes that he wants to go get, and when he gets them, and then when they get there, you know, he's gonna get the most out of them. And you guys are gonna get the most out of them. And then all of a sudden, you're rolling. Yeah. I mean, we we've <laughs> actually had guys that that we've talked to and it's like you know we know that you're looking at other schools but here's the thing you can either come here and we're going to win or you can go somewhere else and we're going to beat you yeah. i mean that's our mentality it's not to be cocky or anything like that it's we truly believe that we yeah. truly believe that hey we're going to go and we're going to put our guys in a good position to be able to go compete and we're going to win and i think i think especially at the college level you have to have that mentality because you know, I hear all these coaches and kids, you know, from high school on down, and they talk about baseball being a grind, and nothing pisses me off more because baseball is not a grind until you get to college and above. Yes. When yes. you, I mean, you guys know, I mean, when yeah. you wake up in the morning, you go mm-hmm. to weights mm-hmm. and you go to class, you go to practice, you have a little time, do your homework, eat, go to bed, and do the same thing next day. Yeah. And that's the thing I've <clears throat> given hitting lessons there. I have some older. The older kids I give less to are mainly girls, but some of them are at that time, and I'm like, do you really love this game? Like, yes. I'm like, are you sure you want to play? Yes. I'm not trying to deter you from doing it. I want you to understand. It's wake up, be in the weight room by whenever. It's be in class by 8, be done by noon. Go get you something to eat. Get to the field for early work. Then you have practice, and it's every day. Mm-hmm. And you better make sure you love it. I remember when I first got there, I remember looking around like, I, I didn't know how to work. I thought I did. Mm-hmm. I knew how to work till I was tired. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I knew how to work out till I was tired, but I didn't know. I remember looking around one time and being like, man, I, I wasn't prepared. And that's been my whole deal with coaching youth sports and giving like, I want to make sure they're prepared, whether it's high school, 
whether they do get that opportunity to play at the next level, it's make sure that those kids are and they understand what they're getting into. Because yeah. I think that's what happens with a lot of kids is they get there, and then reality sits in, and they're like, hey, you know what? This ain't for me anymore. Yeah. No, like, I kind of feel like, you know, one of my, like, my first foray into, you know, coaching, I had an older team. And and then, like, we've talked about this before. Like, if we could go back in time and go back and tell those kids I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, oh, no doubt. You no know, doubt. You, don't, you know, you live, you learn, and you don't know, you know, you didn't know then what, you know, what we know now. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of my biggest thing was – kind of just being the kind of guy like to humble them per se. Yeah. You know, cause these 17, you know, 16, 17 year old kids, you know, thinking they're all that. Well, I'd already been through that. Yeah. Think I was that guy, you know, I'm, you know, 17 years old walking into Texas tech, you know, thinking I'm going to go in there and start. And they've got, <laughs> they have, not only do they have a couple guys there already, they had a couple guys coming in, you know, Juco all Americans from California. Mm-hmm. They end up playing in the big leagues. I didn't start. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Long story short. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's the thing too. That's the biggest misconception. And you know, the thing that frustrates me a lot is the unknown because there's so many un- unknowns from an athlete's perspective, from a coach's perspective, from a parent's perspective, you know, they think, Hey, you know, I'm going to Texas and I got 25%, you know, they're giving me this, they're giving me that. Yeah. Well, look, if they don't give you 50 plus, they don't love you. No, don't. <laughs> that's just the, that's, that's just, just the that's reality it, of yeah. it, man. They, when they give another, you 50, just another guy. if they give you 50 or more, they love you and they plan on you coming, being a big part that year. Otherwise you're probably going to sit your first couple of years and it's going to separate the men from the boys to determine whether or not you want to play college baseball. Because yeah. like you said a minute ago about baseball and, and being a coach and kind of humbling these guys, the good and bad about baseball is baseball will humble you within itself yeah. oh, at no any doubt. level. It's like we always say, there's two types of people in this world. <laughs> yeah. Those who are humbled and those who are about to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you want to be, go, go play baseball. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Go pick up baseball for a hobby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, it's night and day. Yeah. Like, you know, to touch on what you said, like, you know, these these kids, you know, another thing, too, kind of like what you said, like, they don't give you more than 50%. You know, like, they don't love you. And these kids just don't understand, like, and I, I mean, I hate being that guy, but they're almost kind of like pawns in a scheme mm-hmm. in a sense, you know, and they go out there and let's just say they have a great fall. My coach looks like a genius, <laughs> like, and he has nothing invested in you, but he looks like a genius now, you know, because here's this guy come in. Like, we didn't expect much, but maybe throw him out there maybe and play a little bit. Maybe he can play a little bit. And then all of a sudden he figures it out. Yeah. Well, that coach looks like a genius. Mm-hmm. Well, I recruited that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I've seen I've seen that play out too. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I'll just, tell you, in the playoffs alone, we had one of our our best hitters, man, that's sitting the bench right now, and because the guy in front of him has twenty something home runs mm-hmm. and can just rail balls out of the yard at at any time, and you know, our coach looked like a genius because he put him in for a pinch hit. He hits a three run bomb, and we went. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like yeah. we know the guy can do it, but is he going to do it now? Yeah, is he going to do it later? Yeah. You know, when when is it going to happen? But, man, it's just – this game is – it's unbelievable, man. Yeah. It, it teaches you so many life lessons. It really does. I mean, mm-hmm. I can tell you just coaching and, and being in business that baseball has prepared me for life. Mm-hmm. It really has. And baseball's always been my first love, you know. I mean, it's just the thing that, that's always been there for me no matter what. Yeah. 
Same, same sure. yeah. Absolutely. And like, I don't know. I don't know where. I mean, my my life would be different without baseball for sure. I mean, I you know, I can't. The people that I know is because of baseball. Yeah. Well, I met both I of you guys because of baseball. Yeah. Like I, I, that's what I think about it, man. Like, mm-hmm. like that six you know six degrees of separation. Like I don't. I can't go anywhere that I don't really run into somebody I recognize or somebody I know oh, or I somebody be... somebody that knows me. Yeah. You know, I ran into a guy up at. OST one time, like I didn't really know who he was. Um, it's like, oh, you're Zane Shook. You went to Pantico Christian. Oh, I went to Dallas Christian. We played y'all. You know, this was my sophomore, junior, senior year of high school. Yeah, you know, like no oh, there'll be people. I'll be up there watching Maddox play or coaching Tatum, and there'll people come up to me, and it's just you. You don't know them, but you know them through baseball, yeah, and it. you'll get to talking and catch up, and you know, ask how kids are doing, and I mean, it's just. You do now that you mentioned that. I mean, just, there's a lot of I mean, me and you met through baseball that our kids were just happened to be on the same team. Yeah, and now we can't get away from each other. Exactly, we can't. I can't. <laughs> I, mean, I can't quit you. <laughs> just just doing the college thing. I've had umpires. You know, when I I go and introduce myself to every umpire yeah. right before you know the plate umpire, first base umpire before I I take the the field, and uh, I've had probably four umpires be when I tell them my name. Oh yeah, man. I know you on Facebook. We're friends on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I had we played a tournament. My 13U team played a tournament this past weekend. The tournament director comes up to me. He goes, "Hey, Albert." He goes, uh, "My kid's playing in New York. He's from here. He's possibly thinking about coming back. You know, would you be interested in giving him a look?" I said, "Yeah, we'll take a look at him. You know, as soon as we get done, we're, I mean, we're we're recruiting year round. Yeah, so right. yeah, we'll take a look at him. Then I'm going to the restroom in between in between my game." And a man comes up to me, he goes, yeah, my kid's coming to trial for you all in a couple of weeks. And I'm just like, these are people that I yeah, do yeah. not know, never right. seen, yeah. don't know anything about them, but it's that baseball connection. Yeah. You know, and it's it's cool, man. It's No, it really is. And I, that's the one thing that, you know, I tell, you know, we, we, we talk about this too on the podcast, you know, like just the value of being a, like a great teammate, mm. you know, like, like, dude, like nobody's going to remember like how great you were They're like at, at baseball, they're going to remember what kind of person you were. And like, yes, they'll remember some of the things you did, you know, they're, but they're not going to know like, Oh, you know, you hit, you know, you hit four forty that year. You had 15 bombs. I remember that. Like, they don't care. Like, no, they what kind of teammate. Are you man? Like, yeah, that's a good dude right there. Like, you know, yeah. humble. He's just a good and great teammate. And I just try to stress that to these kids. Like, Above all else, man, just you know, be a good teammate, and these dudes will like you. You would be amazed at what kind of team that you could have. Oh yeah, just with a little bit of you know cohesiveness and just a you know. Just... It, it, in college, coaches touch on it all the time, and it there's been I've heard basketball coaches say this and baseball coaches, but you sit there and you know everybody wants to play. You know, you got to get those reps right. But all the way up, you're getting those reps. But at some point, whether it's high school or college, you're going to sit the bench. You have more to than learn. likely, and you have to learn how to deal with it. And I, coming from a small school where I played every inning from my freshman year all the way to my senior year, and I get to Eastfield, and that fall didn't do very good. Come back and start inter-squadding in the in January and did pretty good. Played a little bit, then all of a sudden. I was riding the old pine pony for about 20-something games. Maybe pitch hit, but it's more than likely just to lay down a sack bunt. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why I don't like bunting. I don't know. <laughs> um, or or base running or whatever. But but then 
you know, we got into a regional and I got an opportunity and got a couple of hits. And, but it was, that's the whole deal. Like, you have to be ready. Mm-hmm. Always, like, that's what I, I think people forget to, like, even if you're on the bench, like, be ready to go. Because I tell this to kids all the time, like, you not all opportunities are the same opportunities. Like, mm-hmm. if you get a chance to pitch hit, like, pitch hit, not pitch walk. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you draw one, that's fine. But you're there to hit the baseball. Mm-hmm. And – not all walks are the same. Not all strikeouts are the same. They're not weighed the same because normally your starters are your starters. You have to show that you're better than that guy. Yeah. Find a way to be productive. Yes, and if, you, if you're the same, you're not going to break that same road, but you could be a very good pitch hitter, base runner, whatever it may be. Like Just find your niche, and every team, every great team has role players. You have to have role players. You can go out there with a bunch of studs. You can, but it turns into a headache sometimes because – you know, that stud's been batting three, four, five his whole life, and now he's in the eight or nine hole, and he's ticked off about it. Like, you have to have good role players. Yeah. And most successful teams, I'm sure with you guys, got good starting pitching, good relief pitching. Maybe got a closer in there. You got guys that can come off the bench and bang one. You got guys that can pitch run. Like, you have to have those people. You know, talking about role players and, and being humble, I mean, we've got a guy on our team, the guy I told you that came in and hit the three-run bomb. He's like, you know what? So-and-so needs to be playing in front of me because he's doing this, he's doing that. Not only is does that kid get it, that's a good teammate right there. Absolutely. That's what's best for our team. He needs to be in the starting mm-hmm. lineup, and I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. I'm good with that. I'm not as good as him right now. Yeah. And he understands that. And it doesn't mean that tomorrow he won't be better yeah, exactly. than that guy for one day or whatever, but right now that guy is showing some consistency, and he needs to be in the lineup. Mm-hmm. I think I heard it. Man, I don't, I don't remember if it was the coach from – Louisiana Lafayette, but one of the greatest quotes that I heard from him was, work while you wait. Yeah. yeah. Work while you wait. Mm-hmm. Keep doing your job. Keep doing what you need to do. And when it's your opportunity, go take advantage yeah. of it. Because like you said, guys don't realize what the opportunity may be. It may be an at-bat. It may be pitching in and it may be go and run a base. Everybody will be given an opportunity, mm-hmm. and you have to take advantage of that opportunity to show us as coaches that we can depend on you, we mm-hmm. can count on you, that you build some confidence in us. Because one thing I love about Coach Martin is he's not worried about, oh, i got to win because of my job. He's like, I want to win because I want to win. Yeah. And that's it. I, I just yeah. want to go win. I want to have a good, successful program so I can lay the foundation, which he has, lay the foundation for kids in the future. And he's done that. Mm-hmm. This is his 21st year of coaching, and he's done nothing in his life other than coach college baseball. I know. Isn't that unbelievable? <laughs> I know, it is. We were talking about that the other day. I was like, what would you be doing if you weren't coaching baseball? He's like, man, I have no idea because I've done nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Right out, of, right out of college, from playing, went to assistant coach, and then you know, from assistant coach to a head coach to being at Eastfield for 21 years. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And it's like. Wow. My wife and I talked about that the other day, and she was just like, that's unbelievable. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that story. He played at Louisiana Tech. Mm-hmm. Then he got he came straight on as an assistant, right? Mm-hmm. And then he got the Arkansas Monticello job. Yep. Was there for a little bit, and then he went to East. But that's all he's done. That's it, man. That's crazy. Go, going back to what we were saying, you know, like I love that quote, you know, it's amazing what, uh, what can happen if nobody cares who gets the credit. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. – that's you know that I've always loved that just because like kids need to understand like like they don't 
have to do everything. Like that's, Mm-mm. I mean, that's the whole you know meaning behind you know team. Like they just they don't have to do everything. No, just do it. Like I tell you, do your job. Yes, <laughs> what you do is enough. Yeah, do you your know what I'm job. Do your job. What you do is enough. And and when a coach can trust you with base running, laying down a bunt, whatever it may be. Once they start trusting you with the smaller things, they mm-hmm. can trust you with bigger things. They start giving you more of a role. They give you a bigger role, and that's how you end up. You know, some, don't get me wrong. Some people walk in there day one and are starters because they're they're good enough. Yeah. But some people, it's this gradual climb to, and like I, I tell McKinley this all the time because last year as a freshman she pitched on JV, played a little bit of varsity. This year she played quite a bit, but every year your role changes. Oh yeah, because people graduate. People don't get any better. Some people get better. Like, your role changes every single year. And at some point, you're going to be asked to be the dude. Mm-hmm. We've and had two guys. We had two guys last year that were all Americans. And one of them gets in every once in a while. One of them turned into our DH, but plays some outfield as well. The biggest thing that's hard for kids to understand is is knowing your role because mm-hmm. everybody has one. Yeah. But what is your role? Mm-hmm. You know, now if you have a role, then you're great. That's that's good for you. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a role, then you're behind the eight ball mm-hmm. every single time you yeah. step on the field. Yeah. And people don't realize that every time we just have a routine practice, we're paying attention to who can we count on. Yeah. What was your what was your attitude today? What was your demeanor on the mound? What was your what what did you when you were running? When you were just shagging fly balls or, or BP, I mean, how, how were you doing it? Were you doing it with a purpose? Were you doing it like you cared? Or were you just out there talking to somebody, hanging out, not not paying attention? Because for us, that says a lot for what we want to do when we need somebody to come in. Mm-hmm. You know, is, is he ready? Is the game too big for him? Can he handle it? And guys just don't know their roles. Just, yeah. like, just like kids and being POs. You know, parents don't want it. Kids don't want it, but ultimately you're going to have 15, 16 guys that that's all they do is pitch. And they may not even pitch that season. Correct. They may get five innings. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. You know, but it's all about taking advantage of every opportunity. It was just said this past weekend, a guy that helps me coach Tatum's team, and he was talking about it. Was somebody had mentioned it on another team, but he had talked about it and it was actually made sense. Like, you can't practice at 50% and expect to play at 100%. Can't practice off and expect to play hard. No. Yeah. Like, you have to. We have those signs up as a, at the field. Like, you, know. you have to be ready to go at all times. And that's, that's – it's so hard because kids just – I say kids. Kids get it. Parents don't get it sometimes. No, parents don't get it the majority of the yeah. time. Yeah, and it's just – like understand, like I mean, we went to Mississippi a few weeks ago with Maddox's team, and and they normally have eleven or twelve kids. We roll up into Mississippi with fourteen or fifteen, mm-hmm. but some of them were POs, some were there to play, and it's just that's part of it. Like you have to like do what you're supposed to do, and you'll be okay. But take care of your business and do what you do, and everything else will take care of itself. You can't worry about all that other stuff. And it goes back. That goes for. Any sport. It doesn't have to be baseball. It can be any sport. Just be be what uh, Nick Saban said that after the National Championship game. We had to throw two or three receivers in there, and he basically, without saying it, but said it, they sit around and pouted all year because they wasn't getting playing time. They didn't prepare, and when they got thrown out there, they weren't ready. They had to dummy down the playbook so much because they didn't take care of their business on the practice field and be ready to go when their number's called, where in years past – 
maybe that guy was ready to go. Yeah. Every college program faces that. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, relating that to baseball is having a guy come in and pinch hit and not know the signs. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seriously, not knowing your playbook and not knowing your signs, same thing. Yeah. 100% same thing. You know, we get a guy come in there, all right, we want to hit and run. Shit, I don't know what it is. I don't know what the side is. So he's looking with this blank look, like, you know, and we're like, son of a gun, yeah. <laughs> you know. Like, All right, sir, I think I'm just going to swing three times. And yeah. Hope for the best. yeah, yeah. Oh, and man. guys, they're they're on first base, and I'm coaching first base, and he gives a, a steal sign, and the runner looks at me, and I'm just like, look at him, like, are you kidding me? And I'll be like, I'll I'll kind of give a subtle yes, yeah. you know, without letting the first baseman know that he's and going. Then after but, the inning, is like, this is why, sir. This oh, is man. why, right here, because you haven't paid attention for three hundred days. Yeah, but yeah. So while we're on baseball, what is your? And I know y'all. I mean, you you guys deal with this a little bit because everybody's dealing with it right now. But what? How has kind of a two part question here? How has COVID changed anything, and is that kind of back to normal a little bit? And then number two, what are your thoughts on this whole transfer portal and these guys basically just it's a freaking free-for-all? Um, with the whole COVID situation, it's it's getting back to normal. So we're kind of seeing the tail end of it where guys are finally – this year It's you see guys starting to move on. I mean, we still got a guy or two that's been there – three, four years and, and it's a two year JUCO. Yeah. So so yeah. And we've got okay. we got I'll tell you though, we've got a lot of guys that are getting offers to go to other schools that don't want to leave. Mm-hmm. They don't. They they love where they're at. We're successful. And they're like, you know, when when I feel like I'm where I need to be and ready to go D one or D two or whatever it is at a university, then I'll leave. Mm-hmm. And and I get that. Yeah. But at the same point we kind of want to push those guys yeah, to a little bit sure. to get out because you know we got new younger guys mm-hmm. that need an opportunity and need a chance and yeah. you know the as far as the transfer portal you don't really see that as much in juco yeah. ball as you do in in four-year schools but we do get some of it i mean we get coaches that'll call us and hey i got a guy you know you need to take a look at him we're probably not going to keep him we you know we'd rather him go to you and we'll be interested in taking him back that happens a lot. Yeah. You know, let him go to you, let him develop, let him get some playing time where he's not going to get here. And then, you know, if he's where we needs to be, we'll take him back. And mm-hmm. that has happened. Yeah. Um, but the transfer portal. Yeah. That's, that's kind of nuts, man, which for a long time, I thought it was unfair for the college player because a college coach can up and leave whenever he wants to. And the guy that recruited him is gone, and he has to stay there. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of unfair for the college player. Yeah. But at the same point, it's you know what you're getting into. Yeah. You know, but I I don't know. I mean, I've I've got mixed feelings on it. I mean, I do too. I think it's a good thing because <laughs> there are some people that there are some kids that make the wrong decision. Oh. And they get there and you're like, you know what, this isn't where I need to be. Um, but there are also people that get there, the whole entire coaching staff leaves. They probably feel like they're on the island somewhere by themselves. A new regime comes in with their type of player, and maybe they don't fit that mold. So I understand it in that aspect. Of course, you know, then you get other players that just, you know, they don't want to uh, – I'm not saying not all kids, but some kids don't want to compete. They want it. They want to go in there and play right away, and they get there and they're third or fourth on the depth chart, and all of a sudden – like I'm out, you know. So there, it is 
kind of a, a give or take on it, but I, I, I think it's a good thing because I think people do make the wrong decision right out of the oh, gate. Yeah. Um, you know, the best advice I was ever given was from my cousin. <laughs> he was like, go where you can get playing time. Yeah. Like, go, yeah. go, I say playing time. Go where you can compete for a spot. Like, if if there's, you know, five or six kids in the, you know, middle infield, in the other place there's three or four, well, play the, play the odds. Go somewhere where you know you'll get a chance to compete and play a little bit. Well, because you ask, just because you're not used to, well, you know. Yeah, you ask high school guys, how many of you want to sit the bench? None of them. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're going to go to a university, you're probably going to sit the first two years. Yeah. And maybe more if you get redshirted. Yeah. just all depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. But they may look at it as, hey, we've got depth. We're good here for the next two or three years. And we could take a guy and groom him to yeah. have him ready. But kids don't look at it that way. They no. don't look at the long term or the big picture. And I see a lot of kids that will go to a D1 JUCO. And they'll go and they'll get a little bit of money and, you know, hey, yeah, they want to be able to tell people, hey, I got money, I got a scholarship, I'm going here. Yeah, you're going to a school and you're going to have 10 wins. Yeah. You can come to us and pay under two grand for a year and have 10 losses. Yeah. You know, and at the same point, the bigger thing that people don't realize is, yeah, you're you're probably going to be able to save a little bit of money, but you can go to a, to an Eastfield and pay less than you're playing, paying to play on your summer ball team. Yeah. You know, it's okay for me to spend 3500 yeah. plus to play on my summer ball team, but it's not for me to go play Juco baseball where I can go 10, 10 losses and have a chance for a national championship. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, what kind of sense does that make? Well, that's, you know, like, that's, you know, kind of going back to what you were saying, like, not to toot my own horn, but I'm going to. Do it. That was one of the, you know, the top-ranked baseball players in the state of Texas coming out, you know, the year I graduated. You know, like I said, I went, went into tech thinking I was hot shit. Mm-hmm. And like, well, I wasn't going to sniff that field over those two Juco All-Americans. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like Sean Larkin and a guy named Hedda Alvarez. Like, Sean Larkin is, you know, he's like he's with, he was with the Indians forever. And now he's like the defensive, like, you know, like instructional over all of the Dodgers. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that's who I was going to try to, I was going to take his spot. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. No. <laughs> so, you know, but, you know, going back to, you know, what, what you're saying, we know we used to, uh, the organization I used to coach for, we used to give those kids, you know, our 17, 18 year olds, piece of paper. It's like, give me five schools that you want to go to, that you want to play at, and then five schools that you realistically think that you can play at. And every single one of them, like Texas, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, we'd have to look at them right in the face like, no, 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 you're not good enough to play there. Like, I, I love you, but you're not good <laughs> enough to play there. Like, let's, you know, we want to go somewhere where we can compete. You know, we had to, um, well, we, you know, we had a kid that ended up going and playing. We just kept talking him off. Like, he wanted to go to, he was, I'm going to Oklahoma, I'm going to Oklahoma. And like I think at that time I couldn't I don't remember who was there, and I was like, "You're not going to start over him, like he's a junior, and the guy behind him's even better than him, <laughs> like, like you're not going to play." And then I think he went over to you know DBU, and you know started, and you know, his dad finally came back to him like, "I appreciate you guys doing that," you yeah. know, like, but you know going back to what you're saying, man, it is just about. What you would talk about one more game, you mm-hmm. know, if it's just, if it's just whatever it is, man. And like, just that whole, you know, D one or bust. I think that's starting to go by the wayside a little bit, that D one or bust mentality mm-hmm. 
with the research, you know, not I don't know with the resurgence, but you know, schools like you know Georgia Gwinnett, and you know that year that you know two, and obviously it was two thousand ten, but you know Howard went like fifty six and one or fifty six and two. Well, what know. about the year Coastal Carolina came in? Well, and yeah, just yeah, wreck yeah, shop. You know, I, I think, and I think because I know again, <clears throat> it is it's just some, about getting somewhere yeah. where you can play. Yeah, and I tell kids all the time, like if you're going to go to a four year school, that's fine. You better make for dang sure that's the place you want to be. If not, JUCO's okay. It's a two year school. You're going to you don't understand how much progression you're going to make when you do this every single day for a year or two. You don't understand how how much better you're going to be. And Coach Martin has tons of connections because he sent so many kids to a a four-year school. You have other ones. They have to send these people to four-year schools. They gain that trust, plus that helps them get other jobs if they're looking to go somewhere else and maybe move from a JUCO to to a D2 school. or Like, as far as coaches go, like, JUCOs are going to take care of you. They're going to get you some opportunities – even if you don't play in the spring, you got you're gonna play in the fall. Yeah. Everybody's yeah, gonna do, play in the fall. We'll just think about it from the you know like the coaching care and like this is you know hindsight being twenty twenty. You don't know what you don't know, and you know my I love you know my parents. We were all naive. This is year two thousand. Mm-hmm. You know, we I, I literally sent a VHS tape to schools. Like mm-hmm. We recorded <laughs> VHS tapes, and that's what I was sending out. You know, there's not hop on the. Did. No, exactly. <laughs> you know, like there's not hopping on YouTube and, you know, seeing my, my highlight reels or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But, um, <clears throat> you know, these – it's such a – it's it, everything's changed so much. And, you know, you don't – like these coaching carousels, you don't know that – like if you want to went through Navarro at the time that Skip and Heath were there, like – you know how like beneficial that would have been for like somebody to go oh, play. Yeah. Like Skip's like the head coach at Oklahoma. Yeah, and you at know, that and time they they were a pipeline for Texas for Baylor for Howard, OU. Howard's I mean, been a pipeline for Texas. Yeah, for years. and that's the deal. You build those. You build those. Those coaches build those relationships, and yeah. that's their job. That's you guys' jobs at Eastfield. Is two years we're gonna get the most out of you. We're gonna make you a better player. We're gonna win some games along the way, and then we're gonna get you to a four year school. And when you have that reputation. Then you can go to that four-year school, and people, they trust. Like, Coach Martin can pick up a phone right now, hey, this dude can play. He's ready to come to your program and play. And now when they step in there as a junior, they're ready to play, and they know they're ready to play. And the thing about Coach Martin and, and the coaches that we know is if we pick up the phone and we tell tell them about a guy, they're going to jump on him quick. Hey, bring him up. Let us get a mm-hmm. workout with him. Let us see him. Send us something on him. We're, we're interested yeah. right off the bat. Because mm-hmm. they know we're not going to go and just send him anybody. Yeah. You know, that, that's what I tell our kids, too. Like like you said, I tell them, <laughs> send me five schools you want to go to and then send me 20 realistic schools. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I think there we have a better shot. Yeah. But the big thing that I tell our current guys and our recruits, I'm like, look, we're not naive. Nobody wakes up and says, I love baseball. I want to go play it at Eastfield. Yeah. Nobody does that. No kid's dream is to play at Eastfield. It's just not. Mm-hmm. They want to play at Texas. They want to play at Vanderbilt. They want to play at LSU, TCU, no, whatever. And that's fine. And, yeah, supposed, that's, that's the kind of dreams you're supposed to have. But you have to understand that our job is to prepare you to go and try to get those dreams. It's a lot easier or more attainable for you to be able to do that coming to a JUCO mm-hmm. and then moving on because you had on-the-job training. Yeah. We know that 
you know your time management. So now you can handle your grades. You can handle keeping your grades up. And obviously, if you don't, you don't play anyway. So Correct. they're not going to waste their time on you. Correct. So you know how to handle your grades. You know what it takes day in, day out to prepare, get ready, to be able to play baseball at a high level. And it's on-the-job training. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want those college guys? And that's what these high school guys have to figure out is that I'm not just competing at what's at Eastfield right now. I'm competing at whatever school's going to not take these guys because – there's a ton of schools that'll take 60 or 70 guys and have them on their roster in the fall. And then they'll trim down in the spring and you're looking at anywhere from 35 to 45. You know, we had the biggest roster he's ever had in the fall. And I think it was 42 or 43 guys. And then now that we're going to the world series, we can only take 30 and we have 30, you know? So, I mean, we have our, our share of POs, but you know, you have to be realistic and, and understand that. And that's the big thing for, I think it's bigger for parents than it is for kids. Oh, parents no need to understand this is the way it is. This is the way it's going to be. But once they figure that out, they're fine. Yeah. And if you're looking at a school that you want to go to, a realistic school, the first thing that I would tell their parent to do and the kid to do, go look at their roster. Go look at their roster size. Go look at how many shortstops they got, how many, whatever you play. Mm-hmm. Catchers. They may have six catchers. Yeah. Okay, where do you fit in? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where are you going to fit in? Is that school still realistic for you? Probably not. Mm-mm. You know, go somewhere where they have maybe two or three catchers, mm-hmm. where you have a chance and, hey, I'm a catcher. I can go and compete against two or three guys a lot easier than I can six or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I would tell kids to do is go look at those rosters of schools that even if they offer you. Go look at their rosters because there's a lot of coaches will say, this is what we're going to do. This is how it's going to be. And sometimes the plan changes. Yeah. You know, it it changes from year to year, just like those kids that asinine to me that, you know, verbally commit in the eighth grade and ninth grade and then come senior year, you know, they may say, Hey, yeah, you're eighth grade. Yeah. We want to take you. We could probably give you 50, 60%. Well, now your senior years come, you've already put it on Twitter and everything else. Mm -hmm. That's where you're going. Well, we're going to give you 30%. Yeah. Well, now all my options are gone because us as coaches will not – it's an etiquette thing. We're not going to come and talk to a kid that's already verbally committed. As far as we're concerned, you're hands off. Mm -hmm. You know, unless you have talked to that coach, hey, I'm not going there. I want to explore my options. We're not going to talk to you. Yeah. So now you got to figure out what are you going to do. Yeah. Because I know kids personally that I've coached that have had offers and it's been reduced. And now they're like, well, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, all the time happens all the time. You know, and the other thing too that, you know, the more you, the more that I've done this now, you know, and like I said, you, you know, you wish you knew back then what you know now, is you know you're you got to think about where you're sending your kid, who's going to be out from under your roof for the first time, and what kind of people are going to be in charge of his the next couple years of his life and that growth of him, you know, from 17, 18, 19 years old, like, you know, I, I think about, you know, the job that, you know, you know, coach sheets has done at like Georgia Gwinnett or, you know, Gilly's done out South mountain. Like, I don't care if, you know, my, my kids getting Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma state offers, like I'm sending him to play for a guy like that. Yeah. You know, just for the mere fact that, He's going to learn something, and it's going to be more valuable than what baseball could ever 
teach, but it, and in turn, it is going to make him a better baseball player mm-hmm. from what he's going to learn from somebody like that. There's things every single day that I know all three, without even, I don't even have to ask you. <laughs> I know that there's things every single day within our life that we learned or we do that baseball has prepared us for. It has. I mean, mm-hmm. and not only baseball, it's just organized sports. It could be any sport. But those sports prepare you for something down the road that's bigger than what happens between the lines. Yeah. And that's, you know, there's so much to look at. And I didn't know when my kids were, were playing high school and college sports, I didn't know nearly what I know now. Right. You know, but I mean, it's, it, I see it. I see more and more every single day. And, you know, talking to our kids, man, I, I'll tell you, I, I love our guys. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I've, my wife's always told me that that's part of my problem is I get too close. I get too close to these kids and, you know, I care about them. I love them. I, I build relationships with them, but that's, that's just me. Mm-hmm. I can't change that. I can't change the fact that I love a kid, no. you know, and that I'm, I'm invested in their future. And even with my youth teams in our organization, I, I take it personally when a parent lets their kid play for me because I look at it as they're putting their kid's future in my hands mm-hmm. and I'm going to do everything I can to be able to help them get to what they want to. And I'm a firm believer that you get as much out of the sport as you put into it. Mm-hmm. If you put in half-ass work or well, you're going to get a half-ass result, mm-hmm. if you bust your butt and you work hard, well, there's a lot of good things that are going to come your way and happen for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all about what you do and how you prepare. Absolutely. <clears throat> now, I, I flat out told, I'm not going to go into specifics, but you know, had some issues arise with some parents and, you know, just basically at the end of the conversation. And I was like, I don't give shit about you. Give shit about you. Care about your kid. Like whatever it is, keep, keep it on that side. It's like, I care about your kid. I don't really, I don't care what what you got going on. What's going on out here. I was like, I care about your kid. I care about my program, (laughs) your kid and your last. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I just looked them both in the eyes. I care about you. I care about you. I care about your kid. What's the best thing I can do for my kid? Get him there on time and pay on time. Yeah. <laughs> if you do those things, every that's all I need you to do. Yeah. That's it. That's it. If you do those things, I'll mm-hmm. take care of the rest. Yeah, and that's parents will just never. And let me let me just touch on this one little get, piece get that I it, just man. said because I don't want parents to misconstrue what I said. Yeah, when right. I say pay on time, it's not so I can get paid. Yeah. It's so my tournaments can get paid yes. on time. If there's field rentals, if there's things that I need to be able to prepare my guys, that's what I'm worried yes. about. I'm not worried about me getting paid and blah, blah, blah on time. Yeah, it's nice, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm yeah. talking about do what you need to do so that- your kids have their uniforms, have their equipment, have everything we need and that's to the deal because the, that the tournament's paid for and that's the biggest that's the biggest headache when you're coaching a team is is making sure all that's taken care of and when you can get that out of the way then you can just worry about the baseball part well, wait till your kid gets into high school yeah because then five tool perfect game uh i don't even know what else is out there but all those showcases that you sign up for have to be paid by probably February, I think, mm-hmm. is the deadline. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't start playing until June. Yeah. So, yes, I'm asking for this money up front yeah. because if I don't, you're not going to get in. Mm-mm. Now, I've been lucky enough to where I've got enough whatever you want to call it that I can pick up the phone and pretty much get in any tournament that I want to, showcase whatever, but still, it makes my job a whole lot well, easier. Let's... If I can have my money up front, pay for the tournament I'm in, I don't have to worry about it. Now I can just focus on 
preparing my kids and going and playing baseball. Mm-hmm. Well, that and I, you know, and this isn't like I said, I knew what I signed up for, but there's I can't put a dollar amount on how much comes that's come out of my pocket. Oh, just yeah. because because they but certain people didn't pay. Like I had to go get those uniforms. I paid for those uniforms that y'all didn't pay for. Like I I bought your uniform, and you probably still have somebody that didn't pay you. I still have people that owe me money. <laughs> Look, <laughs> we've I, all been down that road. I don't know anybody at the youth level that got into coaching for the money. No, unless don't. you're really naive or don't have to worry about money. Yeah, because you know, being a head coach, you're going to come out of pocket. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of times mm-hmm. that I come out of pocket that my wife has no idea. Oh, <laughs> about no doubt, it. no doubt. Because if they actually knew how much money we came out of pocket, we'd be in trouble. No, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Like, I know up until this year, and I felt bad doing it, but like. For Tatum's team this year, I've, this is the first time that I've ever coached, I think, that I've asked for insurance money. I normally just pay for it out of my own pocket. Yeah, same. Because I, do, I don't want to I don't want to bother them. I know that they're, they're you know, time you start getting two or three tournaments a month, and it's like I'm asking for money every two days almost. That's what it feels like sometimes. But this is the first time I did that, but I did it, you know, in advance. But, you know, little stuff like that. Like, I've always just taken care of the insurance or – you know, the baseballs. registration fees or baseballs yeah. or, you know, you don't ask for stuff like that because you're the head coach. You just assume, hey, I need to go get that stuff. Yeah. Game balls. Heck, I, mean, I had to leave Sunday after our first game and go get game balls. Well, the you things know? that people don't understand is lineup cards cost money. Yeah. You know, baseballs <laughs> cost money. Mm-hmm. You know, things as little as a rosin bag cost money, but mm-hmm. I need it. Yeah. When my kids are playing on turf with zero dirt mm-hmm. and they're pitching and it's hot and it's humid – if you don't have a rosin bag, that ball's going to slip out of their hands. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a lot of different things like that that I feel bad sometimes when I have to nickel and dime and say this, say that. But, I mean, I've, I've gotten to the point where I've actually gotten pretty good at it, though, where now, you know, I may add 2 or $3 to yeah. this tournament. Okay, well, that covers our registration fee or yeah. our tournament fee or, or whatever, you know, whatever little mm-hmm. things that I need. You know, if I add a couple of dollars here, a couple of dollars there, then it, it pays for that other stuff that I fronted the money from. Mm-hmm. But one piece of advice that I will give travel ball coaches, if if you what Don't I would do, do it, what I would do. is <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's first. What I would do is get you a credit card. Southwest Airlines is, is what I've done. Right? right. So I pay for all my tournaments up front. Okay, and then it makes it easier on the parents because they can reimburse me and pay me the, the Friday before we play. Correct. But I pay for those up front. Well, the good thing for it for me is I get points on that. Mm-hmm. So now, <laughs> if I'm going to go to a tournament in Florida, who knows uh, Arizona. Georgia, Arizona, right. well, I've got enough miles where I can fly free and I don't have to charge my parents that. Yeah. Right. You know, but those are things that they don't think about or yeah. they don't know about that they don't really need to know about it. No. You know, I'm I'm helping you. Correct. And you don't even know about it. Yeah. Right. You know, but they're looking at, well, he's asking for this, he's asking for that. And not my parents that I have right now. Those those the group of parents I have right now are amazing. Yeah. They're they're awesome. They handle their business, they pay for what they need to pay for, they they do it up front. I mean, they I've got a really I've been blessed with a great group for the last few years of this team that I have and I hope I can figure out how to continue to do that through my years yeah. of coaching, but that's what it is right now with with Tatum's team. They're only 9, but I'm telling you, I have such great parents that just they trust in what we do. They they trust that we're going to do right by the kids. And I don't I don't have any headache. And that's that's 
the beauty of it. I oh, can go man. coach. We can go coach the kids up. We can do what we need to do. And there's never any complaints. It's awesome. It's it's. I'm like, man, I wish I'd have done this sooner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, cause, cause what people don't understand is, as a as a youth coach, there's that fine line, because everybody wants to be on a winner, right? Like, it just they do. Like, you can't go. Oh, well, parents and, don't care about that though. They'll tell you all the time on Facebook. We don't care about. Wins well, and yeah, losses. yeah. True that. But <laughs> you can go until you start losing. I can tell you right now, you can go zero and seventy, and nobody wants to come play for you. Right. Okay, but there's that fine line between development and winning, and how to mesh those two without detrimental to the kids' development. Right. And that's the hardest part as a coach is just making sure you're doing right by the kids. Um, and when the parents just trust you enough to just let you do what you need to do, it's so awesome. It's so awesome. You have a lot of organizations that promise this and promise that and we'll get you a D1 scholarship and we'll do that. And I'm just like, man, I just scratch my head. I don't promise anything that's not within my control. Yeah. What's within my control is I can help make you a better player. Mm -hmm. If you come play for me, I'm going to make you better. Mm -hmm. and, and I wholeheartedly feel that I can do that. I know that I can do that because I've done it and I've continued to do it. And if I have kids like that and parents like that that get it, everything else is going to fall into place. Mm -hmm. Wins and losses are going to take care of themselves. You know, you'll get your little $3 ring every once in a while. <laughs> we got one yesterday, yeah. you know, but it's just things like that that it's just, you know, just just go and enjoy watching your kid play the game that they love. And that is – so as stepping back from coaching, because <laughs> now with Maddox I'm just a parent and I'm not coaching, you know – I just do the Monday through Friday and turn him loose on the weekends. But it was – we went to Mississippi a few weekends ago. And his coach, after we got – we played, he called all the parents over there. And he's like, look, this game is hard, really hard. All I need you to do is just be there for your kid. Cheer your kid on. Don't, don't take this six-and-a-half-hour drive back to Texas – you know, telling him what all he did wrong. He knows if mm -hmm. he played bad or played good. He knows what he did wrong. Just tell him it's a joy to watch him. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just be a parent. And luckily, me and Megan are pretty good about that. But, you know, there's times that we're, we're not all the time. But, are you? Yeah, we are. <laughs> we're learning. Um, but it's just one of those deals, like, like just enjoy the time you have because, like, it, I thought about – It is because I look up – McKinley just finished her sophomore year of high school, like – that's crazy. What the heck just happened? You know what yeah. I'm saying? And it, in the grand scheme of things, you don't have a lot of time to enjoy that. And you've already been down that road. You know, your your daughters are older already. But, like, it happens so fast. And um, and I know I said this a few weeks ago, but, you know, when they made the playoffs and, and when I'd have girls in there giving hint less time, like, look, enjoy the ride, whether it's the first round, second round, third round, or whatever. All you're trying to do is get one more week with your teammates, one more at bat. Yeah. One more pitch, one more ground ball. That's all you're trying to do. Because I for the in this this hurts me till today, but I can't tell you what my last at bat was because I didn't know it was my last one. Yeah. At, but at some point somebody's gonna tell you, Hey, you're not good enough to play this game anymore. You know, and luckily I I realized early on I could teach it a little better than I could do it. But you know, it's that's yeah. the for the youth sports and as the kids are getting older, you, you start learning, man, that time ticks pretty fast. Yeah, I told our guys um, after we won regionals, I said, look, I said, if you look around this dugout, there's going to be guys that 
when we when we get done with Tennessee, they'll never pick up a baseball and play again. Mm-hmm. There, there's going to be some guys that they're never going to play baseball again for whatever reason. There's there's a lot of different reasons, but take advantage of the opportunity that you have right now and just mm-hmm. enjoy it. Like yeah. you said, enjoy the ride. Yeah, because it's gonna it's gonna happen. And mm-hmm. I loved playing baseball. I, I grew up a poor kid, so baseball was all I had. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, man, I have as much fun coaching now as I ever did playing mm-hmm. because I look back on it now the years that I've been coaching, how many lives I've influenced and kids that I've worked with that there's guys with families that I've, I've ended up coaching their kids, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, it's unbelievable. And it's, yeah, I'm old, but I don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, the, that's the beauty of just watching kids, the growth of, of kids and watching them progress um, through the years. That's just, I mean, there's no price tag on that. Yeah. And it's, you know, and I, and I probably turn some, parents you know kind of turn their nose up at me with some of the stuff that we talk about but like i tell them like i don't care about wins i don't you know like they're gonna but because i tell them like if we do the stuff that we're supposed to do wins will take care of themselves oh yeah i'm not worried about that i'm not worried about the little three dollar ring that they're gonna get yeah i was like that doesn't you know and but i was like i know that that's important to them so i'm gonna prepare them Mm -hmm. to the best of my ability to put us in a position yeah. to go get those. But as far as like, just like winning for my sake, like that's not me. That used to be me, mm-hmm. but I learned, like I said, I learned that lesson. Yeah. And we, we talk know, about this all trans, the time to be transformational versus transactional. And we talk about this all the time. We're not the same coach we were 10 years ago and we're not going to no. be the same coach in 10 years. Cause you're, you're constantly learning. You're constantly understanding what you did, right. What you did wrong and how to be, how to go about it in a better way. And that's yeah. just part of good coaches do that. Like bad I'm, coaches or coaches that don't coach very long aren't willing to, you know, have that face to face or look at themselves in the mirror and be like, okay, this is what I did right, this is what I did wrong, but whatever we did wrong, we got to find a better way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I'm completely, and I, I feel like I can safely say this, I'm a completely different coach, man. I don't, I don't hardly raise my voice anymore. Like I don't, like what you were saying, like I don't have to tell you that you missing that ground ball was not what I really needed yeah. right there. Like, <laughs> you don't need me telling you that because number one, your dad's probably yelling at you. Yeah. Already. I'll tell, I have a meeting with my parents <clears throat> before every season and I, I tell them, I say, look, this is how it is. This is the way it's going to be. I'm not for everybody. Mm-hmm. It may work out. It may not, but I'm not going to change the way I've done certain things because they work. You know, now coaching college baseball has hundred percent made me a better coach. I've learned a lot this year that that I pick up on, and I've always I've always been that I want to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, I coached fast pitch softball for ten years, and I I tell you that made me a better baseball coach because that's a quicker game. Yeah, it's a faster game. Yeah, and kids and parents don't get fast pitch softball because though there's some girls out there that can go get it and mm-hmm. can compete with any guy out there. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable, <laughs> and you know, for me, it's. I'm going to make my kids, but I want to be better so I can make my kids mm-hmm. better. I umpired for some years and that helped me get better. Mm-hmm. You know, coaching, coaching college baseball has helped me be better. And it's not just for me. It's, it's for everybody I come in contact with and you don't have to play for me to, for me to care about you and work yeah. with you and help mm-hmm. you get somewhere. I, I do stuff with perfect game all year round. And I end up coaching a team of 15, 20 guys that I've never met before. And there's been kids that have called me, hey, coach, you know, I'm looking at this school. Do you know this coach? I'm like, yeah, I know that coach. 
you know, and I'll, I'll talk to them and tell them, Hey, this, this kid can do this, this, and this. And they've gotten some offers and gone and played for them. And they didn't play for me. You know, there's kids that played for the tigers, the sticks, the whoever it doesn't matter. I don't care who you play for. Mm-hmm. If I, it's about the kid. If I can help a kid better themselves and hey, get somewhere where they, that's going to help them, you know, we talk about being a guardian of the game, paying man, it forward, man. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it's all about. This game has given me everything and I'm going to give everything I have back. Yeah. My wife asked me, she's like, what, where would you be without baseball? And, you know, that's a that's a question that just slaps the crap out of your face, right? And I'm like, you know what? I don't know, and I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that because as soon as you said that, I ran that scenario through my head that even, like, we talk about six degrees of separation. Like, I wouldn't have met my wife because mm-hmm. I met my wife through a friend with whom I knew from playing baseball. So there, mm-hmm. yeah. so you just run that, well, run, and then, run that scenario. But back. it goes back to you know you don't you don't wake up and and dream about baseball going to play at Eastfield. But I went and played at Eastfield, but that's where I met my wife. Yeah, you know, that's technically where we had McKinley, not on campus. But, <laughs> um, Hopefully she wasn't made there either. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like I, the, uh, none of that would have oh, taken God. place with without going there. Um, you know, and getting a chance to play for Coach Martin. And then, you know, as you as you get older and actually, uh, you know, reflect back of how much you, you learn just outside the game, um, you know, but, you know, I, I can remember the first time. So when I was at Eastfield, Coach Meadows was our assistant coach, and I remember the very first team meeting. And I'm like, okay, I'm about to get some knowledge right here. He goes, <laughs> he goes, he goes, all right, guys, most of you will not play after your two years here. So give us all you got. I'm looking around like, really? Because like I thought I was just gonna do this for the rest of my life. And then he's like, swing hard in case you hit it. I'm like, all right, good talk. Good. <laughs> That's it, man. You know it's crazy. My we grew up. My mom was very religious, church going, and we we grew up that way. And I'll never forget, man. I was about five or six years old, and I went up to my mom and I said, Mom, I said, I, and I was about in tears. I said, uh, I said, I need to talk to you. She's like, yeah. She's like, what's going on? What's what's wrong? What's the matter? And uh, I said, I don't want to go to heaven. And she looked at me like <laughs> I just slapped the crap out of her, right? And she's like, why? And I said, well, I can't play baseball if I'm in heaven. <laughs> I said that there's no baseball in heaven. And she's like, well, you when you're in heaven, you won't even think about baseball. You won't even know about baseball. I said, well, that's the problem. I want to be able to to go play baseball every single day and be on a baseball field every single day. Yeah. yeah. But, dude, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. With Me and Zane talked about this before, but, you know, you get an opportunity to, you know, you're coaching college baseball. You have a youth team. You're basically – 24 7 365 days doing baseball that'd be that's that's pretty cool that's pretty cool i know it's i know it's taxing and i know it's it's a lot of hours but um that'd be pretty pretty cool there's there's usually two sometimes three times every day that i thank god for my life Mm -hmm. and it's usually when i wake up in the morning at night when i go to bed or when we have games and I, we sing the national anthem or I pray mm-hmm. <laughs> or we're praying before our game. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like, you know, I mean, being an American and playing baseball or one A and one B right there. It's funny that you say that in, you know, and I know you've been on this side of it too, but man, there is, 
you know, if, if my kid wanted to do something else besides baseball, I would be all for it. The fact that he plays baseball helps a lot because <laughs> I, I can't teach him anything else. <laughs> I, got, I got nothing, kid. Well, but, nothing that you want to teach him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can teach him all the things. Don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> teach all the things not to do. Um, but, you know, just looking out there and seeing your kid and just, you know, I've been fortunate in the fact that me and my kids just eat up with it, man. Like mm-hmm. he, he loves it. And just to be a dad to look out there and watch him play the game that's giving giving you so much mm-hmm. then it gave you this you can see it through different set of eyes and it is and there's times and I'll, I'll tear up I'm about to tear up right oh, now oh yeah <laughs> like I just I told watching, my wife watching both my boys man like even my five year old like goes out there plays t-ball <laughs> he is having the time of his life mm-hmm. out there and and it's just it's so funny to watch and it's just and there's, I mean, I, I can't think of anything that makes me happier. Yeah. Like, when he strikes out, I get pretty pissed. But <laughs> it's no. like he, he, come, he comes by that naturally, though. You know, because th- I, I was hitting coach. <laughs> God blessed me with two awesome daughters. I don't, ha- I don't have any sons, but <clears throat> I've coached a ton of sons throughout the years. And, you know, I, I'll tell anybody, man, I've, I've always had the best of both worlds because yeah. my oldest daughter played college softball and, she graduated with a nursing degree and now she coaches. That's all she does. She doesn't even go to, she doesn't work in the hospital, never has worked in the hospital. Yeah. Coaches softball, gives lessons and loves her life. Yeah. My youngest daughter played college golf. And that's, like I said, that's the best of both worlds for me. Cause that's what I love. I love baseball and golf mm-hmm. and I can go do both with them. And you know, I mean, I, I started doing baseball full time, probably about two or three months ago. <clears throat> and I tell you, life is just, I haven't had, this must much or least amount of stress in my life and i can't remember how long mm-hmm. i wake up i go to the baseball field i come home you know and i will say this if it wasn't for my awesome wife and my two daughters i wouldn't be able to do what i do yeah but she's always supported me in anything that i've done anything that i've wanted to do with baseball and coaching and and all that and you know that makes it a lot easier i mean you guys know when you're coaching that takes a lot out of your day and mm-hmm. your life and you know you, you have to have a, a wife that supports you and it stands by you to do that because it takes away a lot of your family time mm-hmm. you know i mean your kids will miss a lot because of these games but they'll gain a lot more i think than they'll they'll miss yeah i agree I and mean, that's I, I look back on it man and it's like you know we didn't you know like growing up we didn't go on vacations i i didn't have a spring break until i was 25 like i didn't i didn't go on, like we played baseball yeah. you yeah. know like yeah. i didn't even in college like spring break you played like we went yeah. to the you know when i was in junior college we went to the big tournament up in arizona you know and we played you know we we're just playing baseball. But then, and then growing up that, that was i played baseball my my brother didn't but that wasn't wherever we went to play baseball that was our vacation that was our mm-hmm. vacation and yeah, and that's some, how we are with really kick-ass vacations in like Oklahoma City. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, pretty cool oh, spots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. But you know, we did we did the Colorado a few years, and that mm-hmm. was fun. We we went like a week early, mm-hmm. you know, before the tournament started, and hung out and camped out and did all that stuff. Went fishing because if nobody knows this, when you go to a tournament, um, there's no time to do anything else. Be- yeah, because time you have the games, and then or rain. 
Or, oh, yeah. oh, you play at 8, so you can't go to the beach. Or, hey, you play at 8 o'clock that night, so you only got a few minutes at the beach. You know? yeah. And if your coach is an a-hole like me, you don't, you're you not allowed to swim. Yeah, either. you're to swim, yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I have a 12-hour rule. It's yeah. a business trip. We're yeah. not here to have fun. We're here yeah. to play baseball. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, my we got married in June, so every anniversary we've ever had has been baseball mm-hmm. yeah. or softball every anniversary every mother's day yep mother's day <laughs> father's day yeah i can remember i got we got married july 29th went on a one night honeymoon and by the in the next day i was coaching two days because football was starting yeah and that's had, but then since then since we've had kids that play baseball we're normally at a baseball field or softball field and how many regrets do you have because of it? Absolutely zero. Exactly. 100%. Absolutely zero. Won't do anything any different. No. Dude, this weekend, and again, hate to keep bringing this up, my nine-year-old team this past weekend, we, and again, I'm, I'm, I tell people this, I'm not for everybody. Um, hitting lessons, I'm not for everybody. Coaching, I'm not for everybody because I go against the grain a little bit. But, dude, we went out there this weekend, and we got beat in the semifinals. But, dude, we – I bet we swung 18 times on 3-0 count, and I loved every second of it. I loved every second. There was one game. We were down 7-2. to two. The umpire comes up to me. He goes, I don't think I've ever seen this. I was like, what? We scored seven runs, and that, it, that half of the inning only lasted 12 and a half minutes. Wow. <laughs> because we were absolutely just – First pitch or second pitch or three oh dude, I I can't tell you how many times it's twenty three oh and but what was crazy is some of the coaches were like, dude, y'all y'all don't y'all don't waste any time to you like, No. We can dial it back as they get older. Right now, let's go swing the stick. That's, I had a kid do that this weekend. We were winning in the game and he looked at me and he goes, He got three oh I was like, Yeah, I know. I was like, I want you swinging. Yeah. And then he swung and he fouled it off. I was like, That's your three oh hack? I was like, I would be, I would be picking myself up off the ground right now if I were you. Like, yeah, I, was like no, I was like, I say the three zero hack. Yeah, like, and dude, and did we pop up some? Yeah, did we hit some ground balls? Yeah, but by God, let's go get it. Like I told him, I was like, your dad's sitting off there in the out behind the outfield fence. Like, I want a swing that's gonna produce that. I was yeah. like, I don't need you fouling the ball back. <laughs> okay, so we're a little bit older at thirteen, so we don't really allow no. That. Well, I'm, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a, sorry, I'm, I've just over the years I've gotten. I am such green light on 3-0. Of course, nobody likes that. Like, I mean, Maddox's team, they can't swing through. Albert's team probably doesn't allow 3-0 either. But well, like, it, depends it, depends, it depends on the I situation. Agree. And I agree. It depends on who's up to bat, yeah. who's behind him, and yeah. who's on base. I know. So I, know. I'll, I had a kid actually in the middle of an at-bat. He had 3-0, and he's like looking at me like, can I swing? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you can swing. I said, but it better be over the fence. <laughs> yeah. I said, if it's not – then you owe me 10 W's. And let's just say he didn't swing. No. Yeah. no. At that point, we're not going to play the odds on that one. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I would have taken my chances. Yeah. I do <laughs> have to, been worth it. So I do it have to give a it. shout out. So Grayson Rickworth that we had on here not too long ago, he coaches at Jamesville High School in East Texas. And they're, they just won this past weekend. So they're in round four. Congratulations. But he, he messaged me the other day and he goes, hey, pitching and defense. In the good old sack bunt, and and with the LOL because he everybody knows where I stand on bunting. But um, anyway, it was just funny that he had to throw that little jab out there. That pitching defense and the old sack bunt. One, I think they won two to one or three to yeah. one, something like that. But um, I now I do have to tell you this. We're taking the LOL. So I've seen I've seen I've seen <laughs> Albert coach. I will tell you this. You, he probably bunts with runners on third base more than anybody I've ever seen. 
So. Or second base, too, which I am good. We we all – anybody that's listening to this podcast understand I'm good with bunting with runners on second and third. I'm anti-bunt with a runner on first. But yeah. anyway. So I'm um, going to come clean because you know my stance on bunting. <laughs> I do, not, too. <laughs> but I bunted a couple times this weekend But for that situation. Yeah, yeah, we had exactly. a runner on third. We had a, kind of a close, closer ball game than I wanted. Mm-hmm. But um, the kids that I chose to bunt were – how how hard was it for you to give him the bunt sign? Well, one kid, <laughs> oh, it was like a no brainer okay. because he's that's the only ball he's touched this year, I think. Oh, love him to death. That's, yeah, I think that's that was his only shot. No, I just didn't know if you were like. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, I don't like giving up an out for a base. No, I don't. I agree. That, that, I agree. That, that's my that's my philosophy on that. And now, unless it's at the end of the game, Correct. and I got to have a run. Correct. But other than that. Look, I'm looking at, like, if I got a runner on first, we're going first to third on a bunt. Mm-hmm. We're not just taking one Correct. back. Yeah, absolutely. And it's usually a guy that's got good speed mm-hmm. where I think he could probably beat it out. Yeah. You know, but I – or there's times if I got a guy that's maybe not swinging it well that weekend, maybe he needs to bunt to just yeah. get his confidence up Because sometimes you just got to see that go in between the white line sometimes. Dude, I and mean, that, that, that works wonders mm-hmm. for guys. But, absolutely. yeah, I mean, I'm – I, I don't mind a bunt, you know. I mean, like, I, d- I don't. I don't want to give out a, yeah. an out for a base, but we're looking first to third. If I mm-hmm. got guys on second, you're you're taking a good lead, and we're trying to score. Yeah, I was. I went and watched the softball game Wednesday night, and it was like clockwork. Every time they got a runner on first, the team would bunt the runner to second. And they did this for about three or four innings, and they never scored a run. And that was my whole deal is is – we get to second base with one out, but now an infield pop-up and a ground ball, and they haven't gone any – you know what I'm saying? Now, don't get me wrong, could they run one in the gap? Heck, yeah, they could run one in the gap. But it's just that, uh, you know, with second and third, I'm all I'm all down for it. But Hey, uh, you'll love this. So, you know what we worked on in practice last week? Bunt coverages, my second baseman taking the bunt on the right side instead of the first baseman. There you go. Yeah. Dude, we, we worked – that kid is so fast. He's so fast, and I'd rather the ball be in his hands than anybody oh, else. And, well, here's the deal. Let's let's go ahead and get into this. I hate charging a first base if I don't have to. To me, the hardest play in baseball softball is a second baseman covering first mm-hmm. on a bunt, trying to catch it on the run because they're they're going to be late getting over there sometimes. And the more I can keep a first baseman back and let somebody else feel that bunt – the better off you are because that is the hardest play. And ninety nine point nine percent of the time, they're in the gosh dang way because there no one hardly bunts down the first base line. They may push and, it hard sometimes, but, but a lot of times older, they're just they're coming and having to duck. Well, we used to. I used to give signs for directional bunting mm-hmm. either down the first base line, third base line, and now I'm like, you know what? Just put it down a line. Yeah. Exactly. I, what I don't want is I don't want the pitcher or the catcher throwing you out. Correct. Make somebody else throw you mm-hmm. out. And if they do, then so be it. Absolutely. You know, I'm I'm good with that. But, you know, I'll have kids, well, where do you want it? Just don't <laughs> get it to the pitcher or to the catcher. Yeah. And if I know it's a bunning situation, guess what I'm calling? I'm calling a fastball up or a fastball in because mm-hmm. I'm fixing to get me a pop fly. I'm going to get on your hands. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be good for you. No. Either way. I'm going to end up getting a double play out of it or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, there's so many different things that, man, it, it just makes this game so much so awesome just yeah. because there's so many different strategies within it that, you know, it's they're endless. Yeah, they're endless. And, and we've had tons of coaches going here, and, and Gilly said it, you know, pressure bust pipes, and I'm all about pressure. Yeah. Oh. Um, I just – I like a good old hit and run. How much do I love to run? 
Dude, but that's my <laughs> dude. That's my deal. Let's run, but dude, I've gotten so many kids thrown out in my lifetime. It's unreal. But by God, we're gonna keep doing it because I guarantee you, at some point, you're not gonna catch it, or you're not gonna make that perfect throw. So, well, and you're we, not gonna catch. You're not gonna apply a tag. Well, so we always talk about going first to third. Mm-hmm. A lot of things have to go right for that play. Yeah, a lot of things have to go right. Mm-hmm. You have to have a clean field in the outfield. You know, it has to be a spot on throw. Third baseman has to handle it. That's a chance I want them to take. Yep. But as coaches, we, we have to put our kids in situations to succeed. You know, so for me, I tell my guys, your mentality when you step in the box is swing, 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 swing until you say no. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking swing all the way. Yeah. I'm thinking swing unless I have a reason not to, meaning it's a bad pitch. It's something that, that I don't like, I can't handle, you know, whatever it is. But if I don't have any mentality at all, then I, I'm behind. If I'm thinking swing, 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 and then I don't, then I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But I want you tracking the baseball. Yep. If you don't swing at it, you need to be tracking it. Follow it all the way into the glove. Mm-hmm. See where it's at. That way you can see how he's framing it, see where the ball's going, see where the umpire's calling balls and strikes. I mean, there's so many things that kids don't understand that you can do that will make you a better hitter. Mm-hmm. You know, Adjust to the zone. Adjust we, to the zone, expand your zone with two strikes. I mean, just little things like I know. that. I tell kids all the time, like, we are swinging until we're not. We, we can always check it up. But if I am thinking ball, and as soon as I get that strike, I'm going to get that oh crap swing off. Mm-hmm. Well, we've talked about this before. You know, we've had a few people on here and kind of verified. But, like, I've told you, there's times that, like, you know, you watch Adrian Beltre, he would go up there, and it was almost like that first at bat was just like he was just playing. <laughs> You know, like he was just kind of playing a little bit. Like he just, he was going to go see some pitches, you know, and he would just take just one of the most god awful hacks you've ever seen. All he was doing is setting you up, you know, and he was, he, and he was like, like that's what he was doing. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, he looks stupid on that. I'm going to throw that again. Well, then you, then you're not getting it back. No. You know, because he, he's already showed you it to, you know, yeah. that turns into a souvenir. Yeah. Like he might go up there that first at bat, you know, with the intention. Let me just see how many pitches I can. See and see if he can throw all of them. If I can foul off a fastball, see if he'll throw me that slider. I know he's got a slider and that changeup. Well, I've seen all four pitches now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'll ground out, strike out, whatever. Good. Because I'm going to come up there with this next at bat. <laughs> I've seen everything that you have. Yep. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's crazy. So Benji Gill's a buddy of mine. He coaches with the Angels now. And I went and saw him during spring training in Arizona. And they're taking live BP or live at bats. And Mike Trout gets in the box, and it's his first at bat. And I'm watching him, and he looks at six pitches. Doesn't swing, six pitches, goes out. <laughs> Comes back up to bat, looks at six pitches, gets out. Doesn't swing at anything. Two at bats, doesn't swing at one pitch. Then gets in, next at bat, and just hacks at the first <laughs> pitch he sees. You know, and it's like, these guys have a plan. Mm-hmm. They have a plan. Yeah. They know what they want to do. Elvis Andrews, same thing. He would he would go and get in the cage, and his first ten swings were left-handed. Mm-hmm. Not a left-handed hitter. Right. First ten swings left-handed. Then would go and swing right-handed, and he's just hitting the ball, just mm-hmm. just hitting you know line drives. And it's like these guys learn things, and they have a plan yeah. that you know that's what we try to have the trickle down effect for our our kids, whether they're in college or youth or whatever, is to have a plan. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a plan and it doesn't work, then let's talk about it. And if you tell me, hey, this is what I was thinking, this is what I was trying to do, as a coach, 
I'm fine with that. Oh, yeah. I'm 100%. I'm good with that. Now, we may adjust it mm-hmm. going forward, mm-hmm. but if you have a plan and you have an idea that you want to do, man, go do it. That's how you get better. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Me, me and Maddox had that conversation that he struck out looking, and I'm like, hey, just I wasn't mad at him. I was like, hey, what was your thought process right there? He's like, Dad, I thought he's coming. I was thought he's coming with the fastball, and it, he just, you know, curveball got him off. You know, he just kind of buckled. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's good. Yeah. I just, I just, that's fine. You had a thought process. It didn't go as planned. Move on to the next one. I was just curious what your mindset was, but as long as you can give me something besides, oh, I don't know, we're good. Well, and that's the thing. I'm okay, even if it's a dumb answer. I'm okay with it. It's yes. an answer. So it's an answer. As, yeah, it's some, some sort were, of thought you process. You were thinking. Mm-hmm. You had it's the, not, the, I don't know. The <laughs> wheels were turning. It's mm-hmm. not like you got up there and, you know, I'm like, okay, you swung at a pitch in the dirt. You looked at a pitch down the middle. And then you swung at a pitch high. Tell me how that at bat was productive. <laughs> well, it wasn't. Yeah, no crap. Yeah. Right? Go, go you, sit down. <laughs> and that's, that's the things that I tell my guys is whatever at bat you have, be productive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a base hit. Mm-hmm. You don't have to get on base to have a productive at Quality bat. Quality at bat. Quality, yeah. Quality at bat. See pitches. Be able to go tell the next guy, hey, this is what he's throwing. This is what he's doing. This is his pitch sequence. This is what I'm seeing. You know, especially doing that in the dugout. Mm-hmm. Seeing on the dugout. Seeing what he does when he's holding runners. Is he one looking? Is he, you know, is he leaning home before he throws home? You know, there's so many things these kids don't understand now mm-hmm. that they can learn from and pick up that's going to make them so much better when they get older. But always have your wheels turning. Yeah. You know, I asked, uh, I asked several college coaches that are buddies of mine. I said, let me ask you a question. Answer me this. Why? Well, first off, if you're looking at your infield, who is probably the slowest player in your infield? I mean, probably. Position-wise. I mean, probably your first baseman, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Who probably has the weakest arm, too? Yeah. First it's either first your second, second. Yeah. Or, or, second or first, but usually first baseman is my least athletic guy, and mm-hmm. I don't mean to pick on first baseman. I was a first baseman, too, so it's not picking on him, but <laughs> – so this is par for the course where we're going with yes. this? <laughs> yes, yes. Why is it a play at the plate, your first baseman is the cutoff from center and right? If that's your least athletic guy and a guy that doesn't have that strong of an arm, why is he your cut and not maybe one of your extra middle infielders that you'll have available? Yeah, that's standing that you around and gosh-dang there. You, <laughs> could find a, you could find a spot where those guys could, could get in position to be able to make mm-hmm. that throw. And – Three of the four coaches told me because that's the way it is. Damn it! Don't ask me no stupid I know, questions. I know. <laughs> that's, I, and I hate that answer too. Yeah, you know because because that's we, the way we were all taught. Yes, we were all taught to do it that way. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't, I don't know why. I know, I, but that's the same thing. I we've talked about something. I don't teach hitting how I was taught Mm-mm. because when I look back, I'm like, well, no wonder I couldn't freaking hit. Like I was never. I, did, I wasn't ever given an opportunity to hit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't I didn't understand. And, again, I've dove into hitting a lot um, over the years. But, like, I don't I don't teach it the way I was taught because I don't believe in the way I was taught. Once I go back and, in, in, you know, you start looking at swing mechanics and you start looking how the body works and, and things of that nature. But it's it's sometimes it's it, it, that's the answer, though, to a lot of stuff is, oh, well, that's how we did it since well, 1800, you know? We had that yeah. conversation come up like something – about a ball hit to right field and my shortstop being my cutoff to third. Well, why isn't your second baseman? 
because it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it's like because it's not because I want my shortstop to have the mm-hmm. ball. He's got a better arm and better hands and yeah. moves better. I mean, yeah. I, I remember when I was in high school and it was just the fact of the matter. I was I, me and a buddy of mine pitched and played short and we just rotated out every Tuesday, Friday. But we cut every single ball besides going home from right field in the first place. We cut every I single cut the ball. Center too. We cut every single ball, no matter where it was at. Even if it was to left field, and we would if, – if, now, if we had to make a play, of course, then third right. would go and we'd follow. But if, if we couldn't make a play, we would turn into the cutoff to home. But yeah. that's just how we yeah. had to do it. But, yeah, that's it's funny because that's a lot of baseball answers. Oh, well, that's just how we've – Done it since Babe Ruth played. Well, okay. that's the thing that frustrates me. They also me smoke is cigarettes in the dugout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing that frustrates me is because I don't feel, and I can't get a straight answer to prove to me why it's more beneficial to have the first baseman do that. But I can't teach my guys any different. Yeah. Because when they get into high school or beyond, yeah. they're screwed, right? Yeah, exactly. So, they're like, what is this jack wagon teaching yeah. you? <laughs> we, were talking, we were talking on the bus with the college guys the other day, and they were like, Coach, whose who's swing do you hate in the major leagues? John Carlos Stanton, mm-hmm. and I know him to get roasted for this because he Not drops bombs and he can hit, but he has the ugliest swing, and no knowledgeable pitching co- or hitting coach is going to teach that swing. No, I, I just don't see it. He's when the you're, one person. When you're six whatever and two hundred and forty pounds. You can pretty much do whatever you want because yes. if you square it up, it's going to go. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not going to teach a kid to swing like that. No, I tell kids all the time, once you bench three, 400 pounds and can hit them 500 foot, you can stand on your head and swing. I could care less. And when you make the major leagues, do yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. When you get paid to do it, <laughs> do it however you want. I could care it's, less. You know, I love him to death, but I couldn't stand watching Hunter Pence. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He worked, though. He'll be the first one to tell you, though. He's, he's a great guy. He no, really I met is. him a long he'll, time ago. He'll be the first one to tell you that nobody will teach you to throw like me or hit like <laughs> me, but it worked for me. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> and that's what's great about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what's great about it. It you is. Know? It mm-hmm. is. And it, that's my whole – when I give hitting lessons, it's like, okay, how, how does this work for each kid? Because I don't want everybody to come in there and feel like a robot. Right. Like, I do think within this box of hitting there's – things we have to do but i also think there's things we don't have to do pending who the kid is does it make sense things of that nature like i have a couple of girls i give hitting lessons to that hit with a closed stance mm-hmm. but they can do it yeah but there's some that i do this drill where they they basically stand like john carlos Stanton, and all it is is just trying to keep their chest and their head behind their front hip and just turn through yeah but like i'm not going to tell somebody to get in the box and do that like this is just a drill guys well that's i mean i like the way you do what you do that's why i send people to you but i think we have the same philosophy is we don't need everybody to hit the exact same way it's let's see what you have and Mm -hmm. then let's tweak it to make you better yeah Mm -hmm. and that's that it doesn't matter i don't care if you're 10 years old or if you're 20 years old i'm gonna teach you based on let's see what you got and mm-hmm. then let's tweak it and if it's great then just keep doing what you're yeah. doing yeah. Yeah. you know if you're getting good results and it's ugly well yeah keep some getting good results yeah <laughs> i mean and like it goes like going we've said it several times now that like we're not for everybody like i first thing that i want to tell a kid you know they get in there and start hitting i was like i need you to produce a swing that's going to produce a home run i was like i need you to think whatever swing whatever you think that swings like Give me that swing. I was like, I don't, I'm not interested in making contact. 
Like, I can bring my five-year-old here, and he can make contact with every ball that I throw. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in how hard we can hit balls. You know, like, that's what I want. I want you to come in here, and I want you to see how hard we can hit balls. I was like, because the harder we hit balls, the better chances that we have are to get hits. The harder those balls are hit, those balls turn into home runs. So I need you to let's, – let's take that swing and let's tweak that swing. Mm-hmm. Not the swing you have right now. Yeah. Because that's not going to get the ball past me. Let's <laughs> let's tweak another swing. Well, I tell my guys, <laughs> if you're Please. not a home run hitter, don't try to be a home run hitter. <laughs> Give me if I got a guy that runs a six four, six five, sixty, put the ball on the ground and beat it out. Just get on base because if you're that fast, that single, that walk, whatever is going to turn into a double and probably a triple too. It is. So just get on base because I don't care. I don't care how you do it. I, I shut up, Albert. <laughs> so I, well, I've had to, I've had I'm to a bully, uh, my bad. I've had to uh, you know because well everybody, everybody knows it like I I'm anti ground balls I don't like ground balls I don't think there's six people in the infield and three in the outfield play the odds yeah yeah but and ground balls get caught yeah and fly <laughs> balls get caught too but I would rather a fly nope. ball than a ground ball but anyway but I've had to come off there a little bit because like with my own kid because like he is fast, fast. and but he does fly out a ton and i'm like okay uh i don't want you to hit on the ground but can we not go that high maybe just right through here you know <laughs> but it's it's that double-edged sword but i mean it's just but i see it like they played 60 90 this past weekend and it's not that i'm anti-ground ball but it's he understood how hard you actually have to hit a ball to get it through yeah. like you better find the screws or yeah. you're not this dinking and dunking don't play no more like you better square a baseball up or it's not now if we take that intent and miss hit it, now we get those flares that fall in. Yeah. But if I'm yeah. thinking about just making contact, then I get a dribbler back to the pitcher. Well, my God, son, you might as well just struck out. Yeah. So know? my power guys, look, I'm not a big launch angle guy, but I, we do teach kids to backspin baseballs because mm-hmm. I, I think there's a huge difference in the two from launch angle to backspin in baseballs. I, I think, I think no. it's different. And – I think if you're backspinning baseballs, that's what I want my guys. If you got some pop, I want you backspinning baseballs. If you're a singles type guy, then I just want you squaring the ball up. Hit the middle of the baseball, barrel it up like guys like Maddox because those balls are going to be line drives. They're going to get through the infield. If you hit it flush, your opportunities are pretty good. You know, now – Turf changes a lot of that. Oh, my gosh, does it? <laughs> it? It does. But at the same time, again, we're setting our guys up for success. And when he gets in a cage and goes for a tryout for college or whatever, and he's hitting line drives and spraying the field, I mean, what kind of coach is not going to like that? Yeah, so, no doubt. I, I mean, what what I my biggest thing out of all that is find something you're good at and that you could be successful at and work at that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean – Home no, runs are sexy. I, no, I agree. I, you got to you got to know what kind of hitter you are. Exactly. But and my deal is more so, and I, I, I joke around about it, is you got to swing with some intent, though. You oh want, yeah, you got to swing with intent. Mm-hmm. You got yeah, but the, the the thing that I think the the misconception there with kids is there's no lower half with a lot of that. So swinging with intent with my upper half isn't doing me no, any that, good. Right. Oh, I because I could I could swing. Just if I have a good swing and I'm using my lower half, I can hit that ball harder than I could if I'm swinging out of my shoes and just using my upper yeah, half. I tell kids this all the time. Hands get us, get us in trouble because you just throw your hands and use nothing else. Yeah. yeah. Like you I tell kids this all the time. Kid, nobody's strong enough. Hands get us in trouble. Like you better use your body. 
Away? Mm. Throw your hands all day long. Yeah. I'm good with that. Get something away, flip that bad boy. Middle in? It's the only reason I've ever hit a ball to the opposite field. Yeah. yeah. Not because I wanted to. And it's usually because you had two strikes probably <laughs> too. Take your, I had two strikes a lot. <laughs> Take your base hits that way, damage this way. Exactly. No, man, that's that's That awesome. visual works out really good for the podcast. Yeah, it does. So whichever <laughs> way you're standing, pull side damage, opposite field, take your base. No, that's it with you. Yeah, no, I mean, that's... Hey, I'm glad you could grace us with your presence there, Stephen. Man, I've, uh, you know, I've had a, events going on, man. I know, you know, I, I know. got... Uh, we have nothing I going got, on. I got a senior graduating, man. There I can't help Congratulations. It. So there what's been go. going on, guys? Oh, you Just know. doing a podcast, Stephen. Yeah. Yep. Baseball no. all the time. <laughs> I'm glad y'all are... Uh, You're only like an hour and 15 minutes late. That's okay. <laughs> I, at least, it's it's not about how you enter, man. It's about how you exit, there you, you know go. what I'm saying? You like, go. you know... Late to the party, first to leave. You know, you never yeah. get in trouble that way. You know. You <laughs> hey, so I heard you talk about Benji Gill, man. So uh, Benji Gill playing in that six six nine tournament at a what? At a golf tournament. You ever played with Benji Gill uh, at a golf tournament? No. No. Oh man, he was at a golf tournament I played in. Really, dude, he can launch the ball, bro. Of course he can. Oh he's, my gosh, he's something else. No, he, I've. It's usually when we're together, it's. It's either on a baseball field or with a beer in our hand. That's it. Dude, he, he, I, I was in a golf tournament and Benji Gill was there with a, uh, with a, it was a company event and he's either a partner with the company or whatever. And I got invited to play and I had drove, dude, I drove a monster on this hole. It's like 320. And I'm like, dude, ain't nobody going to top me today. Benji gets up there, bang, gets me like three yards, bro. Oh, <laughs> gets wow. me by three yards, dude. And I was like, man, yeah, but this he guy. He's an ex-professional athlete. He gets you yeah, by three yards. I'm still sticking my chest out. Well, I mean, but it, it was, dude, it was so, I caught just enough of the hill. I mean, dude, let me tell you, man, you get, this has got to be crisp, clear, and I drove it, man. I had a beautiful tiny little cut on it, caught the, caught the down slope, and there I see the sign, and my ball's like, 15 yards further forward. I grabbed that sign so quick, man. I write my name on that sucker. Oh, wow. I put it down and I get around and I see Benji on the tee and he lets one fly, bro. And I see him grabbing that stake and writing his name on there. I'm like, dang it, Benji got me. <laughs> should just went over there and scratched your name out. <laughs> I was so mad, dude. It wasn't that far, dude. From, from where I was looking, it looked like he only took a few steps. I'm sure it was probably closer to about 10 yards, but you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it looked like he took a few steps forward and I'm like, oh man. He's I was intense. like, I was about to win something. He's intense, man, when he coaches, even when he was coaching youth baseball. Yeah. But his son, Mateo Gill's a player. He was he he played with me a little bit, and that guy, he's a great kid, worked hard. He's uh he's in the Colorado Rockies organization, but that kid is he's special. Yeah. Yeah. He's something else. Every uh ex big leaguer kid that I ever coached was just a little bit different. Yeah. You know, we, you know where were there where I was, you know, we had Palmero's kid came through there. Tom Goodwin's kid came through there. Um, what was it? Jeff Russell's kid came through there. You know, all those South Lake Grapevine kids. Oh, yeah. Big leaguers rolling through there. and Just all different. You know, Tom Goodwin's kid, he wasn't like a big kid. He wasn't a big, strong kid. But, you know, he's 15 years old. And he was the best base runner, obviously, that I'd ever seen. And could track fly balls. You know, he just things he did was just like a big leaguer, mm-hmm. you know. Just oh, he was groomed. Yeah, he was groomed from when he was little till he got older. Yeah, I mean that's they're out shagging fly balls during BP when they're they're catching major league pop ups at six. Yeah, no, he was. <laughs> so that, and there was no like I said, he wasn't like his only big. You know, he just wasn't a big strong kid. 
you know, it was kind of like his dad. His dad never was a, like a huge guy. He was a speed guy. But, you know, you hit that kid a fly ball, like you tracked it like a big leaguer. Mm-hmm. You look like a big leaguer. Cool balls kid. Looks like a big leaguer. You know, mm-hmm. Taking ground balls, you know, like, you know, like uh, Paul Marrow's kid, like, just just rake. Yeah. Swinging it like Bobby Witt Jr. <laughs> just rakes. Yeah. Yeah, that kid's got a little something, huh? He's all right. <laughs> dude, that dude, hang it. What's crazy to me is watching that guy. Think, you know another thing that people don't know? How fast that kid yeah. is. But dude, just can, the way he, like, he reminds me everything he does and goes about it. I know he doesn't play outfield, but God, he looks so much like Trout. He's so athletic. The swings are very similar. And it's just, like when you see that guy Dude, run, pure he, man, yeah, he he run, runs like a gazelle. And I don't think that people, maybe I'm wrong, but like I don't think that people realize how fast he is. Well, that's not what he's known for. No, he's I known know, for but everything else, he's but known yeah, for. I don't think people realize too. how that's, fast he is. That's what people don't know. What, what is the term you don't hear hardly anymore? Five tool athlete. Right. Yeah, that's one don't. right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't. I, I can't tell you the last time I've heard that. No, I mean you don't. You don't see it. You don't hear Only it. Five tool here is tournaments. That's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Now that you mention that, you don't hear it anymore. Why is that? I don't know. Maybe the Win Big podcast need to bring it back. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I th- I think a lot of it is because kids are either really really good at one thing and maybe not the other. Mm-hmm. You know, either they're a really good pitcher, or they got really good hands and really good in the infield, or maybe they can just rake. You just there's be a five tool athlete. You got to be special. Yeah. You For know, sure. and that's that's kids that are again things that that parents don't understand. It's not go to school, come home, go to practice, come home, play video games, blah blah blah. No, it's you know I I get up, I work out, I go to school, I come home, I do my homework, I work out, I go to practice, come home, take a shower, eat dinner, you know, and I'm probably watching you know baseball video mm-hmm. videos yeah. or something. Yeah. Those are the kids. I and I know that's a lot. It's a lot for a lot of people to understand, but those are the kids that end up doing something with mm-hmm. their, their yeah. careers. So I'm going to ask you this question because I know my answer. All your years of doing this, how many kids, and then this is not to take diminish any accomplishments of any kid because, you know, not everybody plays in the big leagues. We know that. Right. Or even takes it past high school. You don't just talk about our percentages, but how many kids have you coached? That you that you knew like had it had that 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 it factor, man. I've because I I can my years of doing it and I and this I is, mean there's I'm, few there's there, I can count them not, I can count them on both hands. Yeah, there's not a lot, but I've had. But I wasn't wrong about them. It was crazy because I've had a lot of kids that had the it mentality mm-hmm. and maybe didn't have the the it. Physically, okay, or had the it physically, Already. but didn't have it mentality. The mentality, right? And I think those are two things that, as a coach, it's tough to to get those two together because you're not with these kids all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, if and the thing that people have to understand for us to do our job, I get your kid maybe two or three times a week, and that's it. You know, I I can't work with the and that's not even one on one stuff. That's you know with a team and things mm-hmm. like that until we can find ways to get with these kids more often and do a lot more one-on-one, I I think it's hard to get that. Now I've, I've coached some special kids, some talented kids and 
some kids that that I felt had a chance, mm-hmm. and for one reason or another, they they didn't. But I've coached a ton of kids that have played college baseball and softball. Um, but again, look, it's it's never is or will be about me. Right. It's no, about just... it's about these kids and. I want to put them in good situations and I want to be real with them and tell them that it it's it's a shitty world out there mm-hmm. and you have to have the mentality that I'm going to go get it and not let anybody take it away from me because I talk to college kids all the time that either that have played for us now or play for other schools and they're like man this coach just I'm going to quit I'm not going to play after this year this coach is just taking it out of me and blah 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 and I'm like man do you love baseball like yeah then you need to go out on your own terms. Mm-hmm. If that coach is not what's right for you, then go find you another school that, that may be or give it another shot. But whatever you decide to do, go out on your own terms. Don't let somebody else take the love out of the game for you. I had a kid that I coached at a private school a few years ago that came to me and he was a catcher. And he said, well, I feel that you, you don't like me. And I said, look, I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I said, my job, the reason I was hired here was not to be your friend. I'm not here to be your friend. If we get along and we, we like each other, then that's, man, that's a bonus. But no, I do like you, but I need you to work. I said, there's two types of kids. And any coach that says that they don't play favorites is a liar. Mm-hmm. Every coach plays favorites. Because if I have a kid that busts his ass and comes and works hard for me, I'm going to gravitate towards that kid. If I have a kid that doesn't work, that shows up late, that doesn't care... I'm not going to, I hate to say waste my time, but it really, that's what it is. is. I'm going to go and I'm going to work with the kid that wants to be there, that wants to get better. And those are the kids that we're going to gravitate towards. And that's what I told him. When you show me that you care and that you want to start and you want to get better, our relationship's going to get a whole lot better. Mm -hmm. And I tell you after that, he says, well, because he was about to quit because he he said it was because of me. And I said, I'm going to tell you now, I said, whether it's me or anybody else, you can't let a coach or anybody else take the love you have for this game away to where you want to quit. Yeah. I said, I'm not for everybody. I said, but if you come and you buy in and do what I want you to do, you're going to get better and you're going to get, be more successful. And that in turn is going to help you love the game more and make you want to stay and mm-hmm. want to play. And sure enough, it happened. Yeah. It happened to where he started working hard. His parents were putting in extra for him to do different things and he got better. And, you know, he at the end of the year, he came and told me, he's like, I'm so glad I didn't quit. I'm so glad that I stuck with it and, that you know, I worked through it. And, you know, I mean, that kid was a better, not just a better baseball player, but he was a better person for it. Because I told him, I said, you're going to, if you quit, I said, I'm not going to let you quit today. I said, if you want to quit tomorrow, I'll let you quit tomorrow. I said, but sleep on it. Let's talk again tomorrow. I said, because what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to, Six months, six years, 60 years down the road, think about, man, I should have tried to, tried to work it out. I should have kept playing. I shouldn't have let him make me quit or, or whatever. You know, because you will kick yourself when you realize, man, I probably could have, could have done something better and been mm-hmm. better. Yeah, that's, that's kind of been, you know, you know, I've done lessons for a long time, and that's kind of been my one thing that, that makes it hard with those lessons to have a kid that comes in there because their parents are making them come in there versus like that kid saying, I want to go do a lesson right now. And it's hard for me to, you know, continue to try to just, you know, move forward with this kid if they don't want to be there because they're not getting anything out of it. Right. If they don't want to be there, they're just, they don't want to be there. Like they're not getting anything out of my, 
time anyways, you know, and I can, I can do everything in my power, but it's just really hard to, you know, make a kid want to do something they don't want to do. But how frustrating is it for you when you work your butt off with this kid and let's say you're working on their swing and you, you know, by the end of the lesson, they start getting it, they're swinging the bat, their swing looks good. They're getting results. Then they go home. Then the next week you come back and you got to start all over because they haven't done anything Mm -mm, in between. There's not. Yeah. I mean, that happens so often. Yeah. And that's the thing that parents and kids don't get. I mean, we talk about that so much that there's so much that they don't understand and don't get. Well, I'm giving you money to do this and do that. And then when their kid doesn't make the high school team, they're calling you and it's your fault. Or, you know, what did you do different? Or what? why didn't my kid make the team? It's like <laughs> there's a lot of intangibles when it comes into this game that, that will say why your kid didn't make the team. Right. I don't know. Maybe he's a shithead. Yeah. That yeah. that could definitely be one of the reasons, yeah. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But it could be maybe he's not putting in that extra work yeah. or doing what he needs to do because as coaches, we can only do so much, you know. And I'll I'll take full responsibility for it. I I want my, my practices are productive. We're gonna work. I don't have anybody standing around. Right. Guys are moving. They're working. They're doing what they need to do, and I don't have anybody just bored. You know, when I get done with practice, I need to make sure you're tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that's when we push a little bit more because when you're tired is when you actually start working. Yeah. All right. One thing before we let you go, because this is a staple on this podcast. If you're man in the grill, what's your go-to meal? Oh, man, ribeye all day long. <laughs> oh, I mean, dude. Come on. Is that not the best cut of steak ever? Oh. And somebody says, oh, I want, a, I want a New York strip. And I'm, All right, you go eat what you want to. I'm not going to make it for you. I'm not going to buy it. You want a ribeye, I'll cook you a ribeye. But yeah. anything like that, man, nah, I'm good. Nah, you know, man. I did smoke some ribs tonight, though. Oh, Zane's had my ribs before. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right on. Yeah, dude, I, I got to do the ribeye, man. Yeah. There ain't no doubt oh, no about doubt. it, dude. I don't, I don't want any all of All these filet mignons, no, man. You take your filet and, you know, send it somewhere. Yeah. It ain't. Ain't got I, no place on mine. I will tell you this. I made a mistake about, man, maybe two weeks ago. I tried a dry-aged ribeye for the first time, mm. and it just wasn't for me. No? No, it was a 45-day dry-aged. It's from a, it wasn't the restaurant's fault. It's either you like dry-aged yeah. beef or you don't. Yeah. And I found out that day that <laughs> you I <don't>. didn't. <laughs> you know? I mean, this, the, the restaurant was great. The chef came out and was nice to us, took us to his freezer, showed us all the beef he had in there. And I was like, yeah. I'm this out. This wasn't for me. Yeah. But Dang it. Yeah. A, a ribeye, though. I'll tell you this. If you like blue cheese, yeah. you'll, you'll like dry-aged beef. Yeah, I'm not a big I don't blue like cheese blue cheese, guy. so I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Well, yeah. then you're in. Yeah, no. Well, then spend your 160 bucks on a steak. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I Sorry, guys. We don't have game balls for two years. Yeah. I just yeah. had to try each steak. <laughs> well, hey, I appreciate you coming on. Um, when do y'all leave to go to Tennessee? Wednesday. We leave Wednesday at 7 o'clock. We, uh, we're driving a bus. We're heading to Memphis. Uh, we're going to practice at Memphis State, I believe. And uh, we're going to practice there, stay at a hotel there, and then get up the next morning, get to Greenville, Tennessee uh, that Thursday, get settled in, then that'll determine if we have time to practice or not that day. Uh, we will get to practice on the field, the actual field. We're playing in a minor league complex. It's supposed to be a beautiful field. Um, on Well, actually, the selection deal is tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock on the NC, NJCAA website. And that's going to see who y'all play? That's going to tell us what the seating oh, are. Oh, the seating, okay. Who gets that large bid and how the bracket will all 
shape up. But um, man, I'm hoping we can bring a national championship to. to That'd be awesome. We'll be rooting yeah. for you, brother. We'll be rooting for it. We'll be uh, we'll be keeping up with you guys, and uh, y'all have had a great season so far. And bring it home. No, man, I appreciate <laughs> it. It's just. It, to think about it, it's like you're playing for a national championship your first year coaching college baseball. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. And, and I don't – even I, – I don't think even to myself sometimes I don't realize how really big this really is. Yeah. Because this doesn't happen all the time. No. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just talking to my daughter the other day, she's like, Dad, she goes, that's really, really cool. I mean, that's yeah, that's amazing to do deal. what you're doing. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm I'm just happy to be a part of it. You know, we, we have a great head coach. We have an awesome group of talent, and those guys work their butt off, and they go get it, and that's that's why we are in the position that we're in. So sure. I'm, I'm excited to just be a part of it. Well, y'all be safe, and uh, and we'll be keeping up with it, and I appreciate you coming on. Hey, man, anytime. Thank you, guys. It was good to catch up with you. I know it's been a while, and, you know, wish you guys and your kids nothing but success. And if mm-hmm. obviously, as usual, if there's anything I can do to help out, don't hesitate to give me a shout. Hey, I appreciate, appreciate you, it, brother. Thank you.